How are you? Well, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here for a lot of reasons. One, uh, I haven't been up this late in a long time as an old person, so this is really cool to go out at night like this, you know? Uh, but more than that, uh, I, I love the energy that young people bring to the kingdom of God and the hope and what I see as potential in your life for the future. So I'm thrilled just to be a part of what you're doing here at Revolution Church. Also, I am thrilled that uh, my kids, my daughter, my son-in-law, and the most important people, uh, my grandkids, are part of this church. And I have seven grandchildren, and my favorite grandchild, you can't tell anybody else this or I'll get in tons of trouble. Oh, it's you, isn't it? It's Zoe right there. The other Zoe. <laughs> oh, hey, when I, was, when I was getting ready to go study this morning, um, Tori told me, he said, Dad, whatever you do, don't dumb it down. I said, just speak like you would speak to the church like you do on Sundays. So we're going to talk tonight about a subject called Getting It Right about loving God, getting it right about loving God. Now, you're in this series from uh, the Gospel of Mark that you've called Upside Down. And this is where Jesus is coming on the scene and he's in head-on confrontation with the religious crowd of his day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes. They're doing all kinds of things, uh, putting forth questions, trying to, to trick him. Uh, they want him off the scene. And so tonight we're looking at Mark 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 28 through 34. If you want to take your Bible, your phone, your iPad, whatever you have, or it'll be on the screen. So let's just read this. It says, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. And noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater commandment than these. Now, if you were to go back and look through the gospel of Mark and look at all the questions that were asked of him by the religious crowds, this is the first time that there's some sincerity in the question. Let me give you a little example. If you were to go back to Mark 12, in the paragraph that just precedes this, uh, you have the Sadducees coming in and saying, Lord, we want to ask you a question. Uh, Moses wrote that if a man's brother dies and leaves behind a wife and, and, and no child, his brother should marry the wife and raise up children to the brother. And the second one married and died, leaving behind no children. The third one and goes all the way through seven brothers. And he said, now, our question is, in the resurrection... Whose wife is, is this going to be? Now, here's the thing, guys, and this is where you, you see uh, the twistedness of the Sadducees. They didn't even believe in the resurrection. So there's no sincerity behind their question. Uh, they're trying to trick him. They're trying to, to take hold of him in some way to make him look bad before the crowds. But now we have this, this Pharisee that comes in chapter 12, verse 28, and he says, I'd like to know this. Which is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, you the Lord is one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Where does that come from? Back in the book of Deuteronomy, the scripture says this, these are the commands and decrees and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you 
to observe in the land, and you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. And then he said this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That, that's called the, the Shema. Uh, it's, it's the, it comes from that first word, hear. It's what it means in Hebrew. Hear this. Be aware of this. The Lord our God is one. Love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, everything. He says, these commandments I give you today are to be upon your heart. You are to impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hand. Bind them on your foreheads. And so if you've ever seen a picture of uh, some of the Orthodox Jews in their, in their dress today, you might see some little leather uh, cases that will hang right in the middle of their forehead. It's, just, it's, it's almost like a necklace, but it's one on the head. And then you'll see some leather straps on their arms. All of this contained these words from Deuteronomy about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And he says, you remember these things. Tie them as symbols on your forehead. Bind them uh, uh, to yourself. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. In essence, he's saying, just don't forget any of this. So Jesus, when he says, what's the greatest commandment? He says, this is it. Uh, you're to do this. You love the Lord. But the second one is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. No commandment greater than these. Now go back to the text in verse 32. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there's no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And scripture says from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. Now here is this scribe who was really an expert in the law. And he says, uh, help us understand something, Jesus. We know what the law says. And, and the Pharisees and Sadducees, had, they had taken the Ten Commandments and expanded them and expanded them and expanded them. So when they talked about the law and the commandments, they were talking about 613 commandments that they followed. Uh, there were 300 and, uh, 365 negative precepts and 248 positive. So he says, which is, which is this? And so Jesus says, listen, you can forget all of that. You boil it down. You love God. You love people. And he said, you do this with everything that's in you. So let's talk for a second. Loving God is not always about what we feel, is it? You know, we live in a society that basically has defined itself by feelings. We feel angry or resentful, so we lash out. We feel sorry or sad, or we do something sometimes nice for somebody. We feel entitled, so we, we take things. Our world seems today 
to, to be turned on to the intensity and the velocity of people's feelings. Have you ever just gone by your feelings and it turned out to be something totally wrong? Have you? You know why? Feelings will betray us. So when we talk about loving God, it's not just about this certain feel that we have. I've had people come to me in church and say, Pastor, I mean, today in church, I can't describe the feeling that I had. It was like the hair was standing up all over my body. It was just this wonderful high. Well, you know, that's good, I suppose. But I've had the same type of emotions when I would hear maybe a a great musical program that was not church-related. Be careful about feelings. Sometimes some of the worst decisions that I ever made in my life were based on feelings. Jeremiah says this, the heart, where we think about our feelings, is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart, examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. So when we talk about loving God, guys, and getting it right, I'm talking about far more, far, far more than just how I feel about God. Loving God is also not just about what we believe. Because there's some people who give mental assent and affirmation to all of the basics about the gospel. Do you believe that Jesus was the Son of God? Do you believe he was crucified? Do you believe that uh, he, he was buried and rose three days later? And I go, check, check, check. I get all that. I believe it. But listen to what James says. James says, what good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food, and if anyone says to, to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm, be well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? And in the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, I'll show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God, and then that meant the emphasis that Jesus pointed out to him in, in Mark? So you believe there is one God? Even the demons believe that, and they shudder. So it leads us to these two points. Our feelings about God that aren't found in the Bible are fraud. That's why we have to be careful with feelings. If my relationship to God is just based on how I feel, okay, and I can't really back that up, there's no substance, it's just feelings, I, I'm, I'm on a real slippery ground. Our belief in God, if not backed by obedience to him, he says the same thing. It, this is what the demons believe. They check all the boxes of mental assent. I mean, they, they can believe just like I do and you do. They can believe the right stuff. So what is this love that he's talking about? Now, you don't have all this scripture before you, but just to kind of take note, maybe jot down a reference. I'll give you three passages from John, beginning in John 13. Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another, and as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, all men will know that you are my disciples. If what? What did he say? Say it. If we love each other, if we love each other. John 14 says, On that day you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. 
whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. So he says, you've got to understand, if we want to be really right about this thing of how to love God, we have to love God, we have to love others, and we have to obey his commands. So how in the world do we do that, huh? He goes on, he tells us, very next chapter in John, John 15. He says, I'm the true vine, my father is the, is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so it bear even more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. And listen to this. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. And no branch can bear fruit by itself, but it must remain in the vine. And neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he'll bear much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that's thrown away and withers. And such branches, they're picked up and they're thrown into a fire. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love, and if you obey my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands, and I remain in his love. How many times was that that he said that word? Remain? How many times? Anybody counting? Eleven. Eleven times. Eleven times in that one passage, Jesus says, you have to remain in me in order to love me. Here is the point. Love is a choice. Love is a choice that's backed by an action. Not so much a feeling, not just checking boxes, but if I'm to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, it is a choice that I'm going to make. And the action that's going to follow that is I am going to do the things, I'm going to obey the things that are pleasing to him. We all have a love language right here, okay? Have you all studied love languages yet? Some of you have, okay? You'll get to it. Uh, my wife, her love language is very different from mine. Her love language is acts of service, which you know what that means? Uh, hey, Rick, will you get the trash out? My love language is just tell me. Tell me that you love me. I'm, I'm happy, okay? Hers are all these acts of service. And so if I really want to show her that I love her, what have I got to do? I've got to take out the trash. This is exactly right. I've got to do the acts of service. Jesus says, listen. You need to remain in me, and if, I, if you remain in me and I remain in you, if we're sharing fellowship every day, then those things that I ask you to do that are going to be pleasing, those commands, it's not going to be a burden to you. You're going to do it because you love doing it, because you love me. But love is also not just a choice backed by an action. It's a response. Now, there's a particular chapter in the Scripture that's called uh, the love chapter. Anybody have any idea what it is? 
The love chapter. It's about love. Where's it found? Anybody? 1 Corinthians 13. Exactly. 1 Corinthians 13. Every bride that's ever gotten married comes and said, Hey, would you, would you please include something from 1 Corinthians 13 in the wedding? I said, I, I will, but do you know what 1 Corinthians 13 was all about? Well, not sure. It was a church that was fighting. They were fighting over spiritual gifts. And in chapter 12, there been instructions on spiritual gifts. In chapter 14, it talked about the application of those gifts. And there in this there are people who don't even believe that chapter 13 was written by the Apostle Paul because the language is so different. I just think God placed it there for a reason. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels and I have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have faith that can move mountains, but if I don't have love, I am, say it, nothing. If I give all my possessions to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but I don't have love, I gain nothing, nothing, nothing. If you go on down, he says this about love. Love is patient. It's kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I mean, when you begin to read in Scripture what real love is all about, I mean, our society, we are upside down about truth. We, we use that word love so flippantly. We just throw it around. You know, I, I love my car. I love my room. I love my dog. I love my house. I love my hobbies. I love, I love, I love. Jesus said, listen, you talk about loving me. It's got to be more than some warm feeling. It's got to be more than just checking off on some box that, okay, my mind says this is true. This is, you will love me with the totality of your heart, of your mind, of your emotions. With all your physical strength, you will love me completely. Says it's not about all these laws. The great commandment's about loving God and loving other people, which we haven't really even touched on tonight. What's God want most from my life? What's God want most from your life? He wants us to love him. He wants us to love other people. There, there are two separate passages of Scripture that says, you're to love your neighbor, you're to love your enemies. You know why? Because sometimes it's the same person. Your neighbor may end up being your enemy. And God says, you love them. Now, I want to close tonight just in, a, in about a minute with verse 34. When Jesus saw that this young lawyer had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. Guys, look at that closely. He did not say he was in the kingdom. He said, you're not far. You're a seeker. And man, you've got the answers. And you're one step away. And that step 
is a commitment of your life to me with all your heart, with all your mind, with all the emotional part of you, with all your strength. It's very possible for people to have all the right answers and be very close to the kingdom and still not know Jesus. You want to be sure that you and I get this one right. What it means to love him. It's an action. It's a choice. It's a response. It's something that I do because Scripture says it's not that we love God, but that God loved us and gave his son to be the sacrifice for our sins. Scripture says after Jesus said that, no one else dared ask him a question. You know why? They've been asking all these stupid questions up until this one. But when this young lawyer, and we're never told whether or not that young lawyer, lawyer actually enters into the kingdom, but we know it was close. And maybe those questions stopped because the crowd realized if he keeps teaching like he's teaching right now, some of our folks are going to cross over. We're going to lose. There are going to be people who begin to follow him. And so no one dared ask him a question. Because that's the ultimate question. What does it mean to love God? With the totality of my being, every day it's a choice that you're making about loving him and loving others. Let's pray God will give us strength as we remain in him to love the right way, okay? Our Father, we're thankful for this opportunity tonight that we have to be together to study Scripture. We thank you for this incredible passage of Scripture and for the mind of this young lawyer who seemed to come to you willingly as a seeker who really wanted to know. And Lord, we run the same risk that people in that day and time. We can be real close and not be in the kingdom. So I pray that tonight if there's any young man or young lady who may have all the right answers but never has really committed their heart and life, I pray that tonight they would do that. And so just in the stillness of this moment, I'm going to ask you right now, if you'd say, hey, Pastor Rick, I, I know a lot about the things we've been talking about. Uh, there's a lot of things I believe about God, but I really can't say that I've loved him with all my heart and life, but I'd like to commit my life to Jesus tonight. Would you just lift your hand for a moment? I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not coming back there to talk to you. I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have some friends who will come by and give you something to help you get started. Anybody, right quickly. Rick, tonight... I'm trusting Jesus. I want to give him all of my heart, all of my life. I want to love him completely. Okay, and afterwards, after we're out of here, if you want to come by and say, hey, I do want to talk about that, uh, there'll be a lot of us who are here that love to talk with you more about it. So, Father, I pray for these young people. I pray for the impact they can have in this community. 
I pray for the influence they can have on the lives of their peers. And I pray that they will remain in you. They will dwell with you and you will dwell with them. That your power will give them the strength to love you completely. So we commit them to you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.